This whole therapy thing, the reason I believe they push therapy so heavily is because it goes into something I said a little bit earlier about selfishness. If you convince somebody that they have to spend hours and hours per week sitting in a chair talking about that feeling they had last Thursday in the kitchen. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. It's crazy. You, you want to talk about creating mental illness. There it is. This exasperates problems. This makes it worse. And it also builds this culture of absolute and utter selfishness. Excuse me. They're trying to put you in jail for the rest of your life effectively because they're going to enslave you and they're going to control all the money and they're going to make you get injections you don't need. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I'm sad. Uh, I got therapy. I'll talk about it later. That's all they want. They just want you to be so obsessed with how you feel in your own mind that you can't even look outside of yourself and care about anything. It's part of the propaganda machine. It's part of the mechanism to turn us all into docile farm animals. I said this to somebody the other day. They were talking about how they feel. And I said, who cares how you feel? And he goes, well, what do you mean? Well, I don't care. You're telling me I know you and I don't care. So all the people who don't know you don't care. The woman you want doesn't care. You can't go up to a chick at a bar and say, you know what? Usually I'm really charming. Today I'm a bit sad. Can you, can you give me a pass? Can you let me off? She'll be like, go away, weirdo. The, people, the chick you want doesn't care. The job you're supposed to perform at doesn't care. If the man who wants to mug you decides to pull a machete, he doesn't care. You can't say, bro, I'm on the move for a fight today. Tomorrow, please. Nobody cares. So why do you care? All the people out here in the world don't care, but you're going to sit there and you're going to care. You're the only person in the world who cares. You're going to walk around telling everybody, trying to find somebody who gives a Good luck. Because what's going to happen is you're going to walk around feeling sorry for yourself, trying to find somebody who cares. You might find somebody who pretends to care long enough for you to get a little bit of dopamine. But all in all, you're wasting time in a hyper-competitive world where people like me who perform regardless of how they feel are just going to perpetually bury you. And then you're going to sit there and wake up and go, why am I a loser? Well, because when Andrew was sad, he continued to perform. When Andrew was in jail, his business didn't fall apart. He was doing push-ups every day. His body didn't fall apart. Nothing about his life degraded when he was in a jail cell surrounded by cockroaches. You're in a plushy bed at home crying about what? And you expect to, the male world's hyper-competitive. So you're not allowed almost as a man to put that much importance on how you feel. You don't have time to care about it because you have too much to do. This is what I find so remarkable. If I feel sad, I don't think, how do I stop myself? I need to not feel sad. I just go to work. I got stuff to do. I'm a man. I have things to do every single day. This whole therapy garbage. I can't think of a way faster to ruin your mindset and destroy your ability to resist the perils of life than going to therapy. I, I really do believe, I think there is this mass drive to instill the idea of absolute selfishness in people. I think they're trying to, when I really analyze the ideal citizen they want, the ideal citizen is yes, docile, and yes, he's unique, but he's also ultimately selfish because then you don't care about community. And I think therapy is a fantastic way to make you selfish. Men come to me or young boys come to me and talk about something bad that happened to them. I said, good. Absolutely, you're not really good. You should be glad that thing happened to you because that's the reason you're gonna be the man who can resist the perils of life in the future. If you don't give a man struggle, look what he becomes. Tell me the kind of man, if I were to say to you, imagine a man who's never struggled in his life, physically, mentally, everything's gone perfect for him. Born in the royal family, everything's been perfect for him his whole life. Is that the kind of man anybody respects? Is that the kind of man anyone wants to be? So you need to have all these bad things happen to you so you build the mental resilience. and. That's another thing about masculinity and, and males as a whole. We're trying to take that all away from them in almost every regard. It's actually an interesting conversation to have about how psyops can work as a whole, because when I analyze, especially as a man, and I always talk from the masculine frame, not because I'm a misogynist, but because I'm a man. And I understand the masculine frame because I am a man. If you stray from the 
the archetype of masculinity. If you stray from honor, courage, if you're not dutiful, if you don't believe in putting honor in your last name, if you don't want to be physically and mentally strong, if you don't believe in finding problems to solve, you don't believe in having a difficult life, if you stray from this because you've been psyoped to stray from it, all you end up with is misery. And it's amazing that people will see anybody who's strayed from it end up perma-miserable and still fall for the psyop. I, I find it incredible that people don't think logically long enough to sit and say, okay, whose life do I actually want? I would never adopt the thinking of somebody whose life I didn't want. I, I don't know why people even do that. I could sit and have a conversation with Prince Harry for 10 hours straight, and he could be as compendious and convincing and concise, and, and he could be extremely perfectly articulate with his points. And at the end of it, I'd say, yeah, but I don't want to be you. So I don't want to think like you. So get fucked. But I wouldn't want to listen to it. So I, I don't know why people don't even just wake up and go, okay, whose life do I want to live? What kind of person do I want to be? Who do I want to be like? That's the kind of thinking I need to adopt and install in my mind because we're all being programmed by someone to a degree. And I don't think you can escape programming. You can just choose the programming that you are going to install inside of your mind. I'm not going to sit and say I'm not programmed. My father programmed me, my fight coach programmed me, the friends I have around me programmed me, my brother programs me, my social circle programs me. We're all programmed to a degree. Another thing people don't understand is that a lot of these attacks and a lot of things they're trying to do with the culture, especially, they're trying to inject such innate selfishness inside of people that they don't really care about anything that happens outside of themselves. Because then it's very difficult to give a shit about your community. It's very difficult to have any kind of genuine care about your town or your country or an issue. No, they just want you to be self-absorbed, semi-depressed, because depressed people don't fight that hard, watching porn, living inside of your own mind, convinced that somehow you're oppressed for some reason, on the internet typing tweets. That's what they want you to do. And they're gonna try and keep you there. And genuine masculinity, yeah, to a degree it's protective and to a degree also it has parameters. You, you can't be a man who doesn't say no. You can't be a man who doesn't have standards for himself and for people around him. I've said this many times before, but I'm gonna say it again. I don't think many people understand exactly how competitive the masculine world is. Men are constantly in competition with each other. We always have been. We used to go to war and fight and kill each other. I guess in some places we still do. Maybe that's calmed down a little bit, but in the masculine world of today, everybody is constantly competing for everything. The car that you want, other people want. The woman you want, other people want. The house you want, other people want. You're competing to have all of it. And how do you do that? You do that through status and money and influence and power. It's war. When I say do your best, people sit and go, oh yeah, okay. No, when's the last time you actually did your best? Like, I don't train to run marathons. But I know if I gave my best, I could run a marathon right now, first try. If I gave my best, life depending on it. When's the last time people have re genuinely given their best to anything? There are people going through the world and going through life today that don't give their best or 100% effort to anything ever, ever. They can't even remember the last time they tried. The best thing you can possibly do as a man is prepare for the endless difficulty that's gonna come your way. There's no, there's no way out as a man. You're either gonna have a very difficult life to become somebody important, or you're gonna suffer the difficulty of being invisible. What do you want to do? You want to be invisible and just hide and, and work in Starbucks and never have a girlfriend who truly loves you and nobody care if you live or die? Or do you want to go out there and be top G and be the most famous man in the world and have government agencies trying to lock you up for no reason, putting you in a dungeon? You have to make a choice. It's going to be difficult either way. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. Life is always going to be difficult. It doesn't matter how much you try and shelter your children, how rich you are, what family they're born into. Life is going to be difficult. And if there is no struggle in their life, they're going to find struggle or something that shouldn't be a struggle will become a struggle for them because their life has been so sheltered and life is hard. So if you can't avoid the difficulty, you may as well get very good at it. You may as well get good at difficulty. It's not what happens that determines the major part of your future. It's not what happens. What happens happens to us all.
He said, the key is what you do about it. It's not what happens, it's what you do about it. And he said, if you will start that process of change, do something different the next 90 days than you did the last 90 days, like picking up the books to read. Do something different like the new health disciplines, relationship with your family, whatever it is, doesn't matter how small it is. If you'll start doing different things with the same circumstances, since we cannot change the circumstances, but we can change ourselves. We can change what we do. And then he gave me another secret to success when he said, what you have at the moment, Mr. Rohn, you've attracted by the person you've become. What you have at the moment, you've attracted by the person you've become. Few little simple principles here. Once you understand these, it starts to explain so much. Now, sometimes it's a little tough to take, blaming yourself instead of the marketplace. Taking responsibility instead of putting it off on someone else. Those, that transition sometimes is a challenging mission. And this one was a little tough for me. He said, Mr. Owen, you've got pennies in your pocket. You've got nothing in the bank. The creditors are calling. You're behind on your promises. And he says, here's how that occurs. You've attracted, up until now, you've attracted the things to you because of the person you've become. Now I said, well, how can I change all that? He said, very simple. If you will change, everything will change for you. You don't have to change what's outside. All you've got to change is what's inside. To have more, you simply have to become more. And then he said, don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems. Wish for more skills. Start working on yourself, making these personal changes. And he said, it'll all change for you. Shelf said, here's the secret, Mr. Rohn. Learn to work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Once I got that, it turned my life around. Learn to work harder on yourself than you do on your job. He said, if you work hard on your job, you'll make a living. If you work hard on yourself, you can make a fortune. I'm telling you, if you'll learn that simple little principle and start the process today, latest tomorrow, give you tonight to think it over. And start this whole process of personal development, work on yourself, make yourself more valuable to the marketplace. I'm telling you, you can so dynamically change your income and economics is the least of the values that you can start earning in terms of equity. If you'll start working harder on yourself than you do on your job, work hard on yourself and develop the skills, work hard on yourself and develop the graces all of the stuff necessary to become more valuable to the marketplace. I'm telling you, your whole life can explode into change. Promotions, no problem. Becoming more valuable to the company, I'm telling you, no problem. Money, no problem. Economics, no problem. Future, no problem. If you just go to work on the right thing, not get things out there to change. Don't try to change the seed. Don't change the soil. Don't change the sunshine. Don't change the rain. Don't change the mix of seasons. Let the miracle of everything that's available work for you and start working on the inside, work on your philosophy, work on your attitude, work on your personality, work on your language, work on the gift of communication, work on all of your abilities. And if you'll start making those personal changes, I'm telling you, everything will change for you. Now, let me give you another scenario on personal development. It's called the four major lessons in life to learn. Life and business is like the seasons. Here's the next key phrase. You cannot change the seasons but you can change yourself. You can't change the seasons, 
but you can change yourself. My best hope, right? When I'm 25 years old, my best hope was to go through the day with my fingers crossed saying, I sure hope things will change. Here's what I discovered. It isn't gonna change. The ability to acquire your dreams will change. It'll all change if you will change. And now let's go through the scenario of the seasons. Life and business is like the seasons. Let's cover them. Here's number one, major lesson in life to learn. Learn how to handle the winters. You say, well, Mr. Rohn, a lot of this stuff is fairly obvious. That's true. Just need somebody like me just to come along and remind us. This is what this is called today, a reminding session. I got no new truth for you to discover. This is all old stuff. We just need to hear it again. Here's number one lesson. Learn how to handle the winters. That's obvious. The winters come right after falls. And pray tell how often? Every year, according to written history, for the last six and a half thousand to cross your fingers and say, I hope, I hope, I hope it doesn't come. I'm telling you, we call that naive. Winter time, the down time, the discouraging time, the winter when you can't figure it out, the winter when it all goes wrong. Now the question is, what do you do about the winters? Well, you can't get rid of January by tearing it off the calendar. But here's what you can do with the upcoming winters of your life, the long ones, the short ones, the easy ones, the more difficult ones. Here's what you can do. Get wiser and stronger and better. Just make a list of that trio of good words, wiser, stronger, and better. To challenge for yourself the upcoming winters of your life, don't you think you could read more? Pick up the scenario, pick up the books, now putting it on video so you can see it. I'm telling you, anybody that wants to can get wiser. Next is stronger. Anybody can get stronger. If you're willing to do the push-ups, you can get stronger. If you're willing to put yourself through the paces, you can get stronger. Can you develop stronger skills? And the answer is yes. Start practicing, practicing, practicing. And you can get stronger. Can you get stronger in handling life situations? Of course. But you got to go to work on yourself. You can't blame out there wishing it was easier. Wish you were stronger. And here's the last one. Get better. Anybody can get better. Handle the upcoming winters. Don't wish away the winters. That's called naive. Wish for the skills. Wish for the strength. Wish for the wisdom. Here's the second major lesson in life to learn. Learn how to take advantage of the spring. Uniquely enough, spring follows winter. And pray tell how often? Six and a half thousand times. I mean, those are good odds. Spring is called opportunity. Another day is called opportunity. Days follow nights. How about that? And how often? Every day. But now here's what we must learn to do with opportunity. Underline two strategic words in that sentence. Take advantage. Just because spring comes is no sign you're going to look good in the fall. You got to take advantage of it. You got to do something with it. Read every book you can on what to do with your springs, what to do with your opportunities, what to do with your days, what to do with your chances. Don't miss the educational process. Don't miss the process of learning to understand opportunity keeps coming. But the key is taking advantage, taking advantage. Everybody in this room's got to learn to do one of two things, plant in the spring or beg in the fall. So take advantage swiftly and quickly. Don't just let the time pass. Here's major lesson number three. In the summer, learn how to nourish and protect. We've got two challenges in the summer in the personal development part of our life and that is become capable powerful enough in the summer and wise enough in the summer to nourish what's good and defend yourself against what's bad nourish and defend the summertime is an interesting time 
It holds the possibility of the promise of harvest time, but it also has the possibility of the threat. Sure enough, as soon as you've planted your garden, the busy bugs and the noxious weeds are out to take it. And let me give you another word of advice. They will take it unless you prevent it. Don't let the weeds take your garden, wreck your chances for a good harvest. Deal with your enemies in the summer. Now here's number four. Fourth major lesson in life to learn. In the fall, in the harvest, learn to reap in the harvest without complaint. Important part of personal development. Reap in the harvest without complaint. Take full responsibility. Once you've learned this scenario, it's not the seed, it's not the soil, it's not the sunshine, it's not the rain, it's not the miracle of the giving of life, it's not the seasons that's to be criticized. We must take personal responsibility. So in the harvest, take personal responsibility. It's your crop. Whatever you've reaped, it's your crop. Take responsibility. No complaint. And here's the next one. No apology. The best of human maturity is no apology if you've done well and no complaint if you haven't, knowing that that's where the answers lie, within and then without in the miracle of the possibilities that we have to work with. Those are the four major lessons in life to learn.